Hi, this is Bob from the WDW Pensieve Podcast, and you're listening to Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee on the Magic Our Way Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana. Hello, my weekends, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin from the Magic Our Way Podcast, of course. I just want to give you a little background on the show that you're about to hear. We actually recorded this maybe about a month ago or so, maybe maybe a little less. But shortly after we recorded it, uh, a few days later, we had some incidents happen in Orlando. So we didn't feel like uh, this was the right time to release this show. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, this show deals with the whole uh, rumors and stuff that was going around the Internet about, uh, I'm sorry, not rumors, maybe movements or so, petitions or something like that, in which uh, people wanted to give Elsa a girlfriend or give Captain America a boyfriend. So it deals with that kind of a thing. And, of course, uh, as you've heard our shows before, you know that certain events happened and took place. So, yeah, like I said, we didn't feel like it was the right time to re- release it. So enough time has passed, we think. And, of course, with the emergence of some news that J.J. Abrams released, talking about um, having some homosexual characters in the future Star Wars films, we figured this would be a good time to release it. So um, that's why we delayed this so long. So that's what this particular episode is referencing. And I'll have that in the show notes. So... Guys, enough of my jibber-jabber. I'll turn it over to the rest of the crew. Your attention, please. The Magic Garway podcast is now leaving from New Orleans for an artistic tour of all things Disney. Jumbo, everyone. Rumble. Hi, Mr. Anonymous here, and you are listening to the Magic Our Way podcast. Magic Our Way takes an artistic view of all things Disney-related. Join your hosts, Kevin and Danny, Marvel expert and proprietor of ivorycomics.com, Eli, and your personal earmarked travel agent, you've got a friend in Lee, Lee Lastavica. Come join the Weekend Nation on social media and at magicourway.com. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Jumbo, everyone, and rest in peace, Harambe. This is Danny from the Magic Our Way podcast, and joining me today is our resident comic expert, Mr. Eli Ivory. Say hello, Eli. Hola, mo weekends. Como esta? Can we get a little Harambe for the fallen? Oh, R.I.P. Harambe. Listen, I was talking to Caesar from Planet of the Apes. And Donkey Kong and Keaton Kong and we all said, "Hey, uh-huh. wasn't right how it went down." But was Virgil from Project X too busy to <laughs> chime in? <laughs> he was showing up late. He sitting like you know a bouquet with That's some nice. bananas in there and stuff That's like good. that. You know what I'm saying? But look, boom, Harambe, Harambe for Harambe. <laughs> And also with us today, guys, is our resident travel agent, Mr. Lee Lastovica. Say hello, Lee. And Harambe to you. And And share my bananas with you, Harambe. (laughs) Harambe don't want your banana, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Bananas, maybe. Lee doesn't even want his bananas. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, folks, so yes, here we are. We're in another edition of the Magic Our Way podcast. Kevin, again, is going to be out. 
He is getting wicked with it over and uh, he's living a dream. He's yes. living a dream. This dude lives like four different dreams. He's like the Sandman minus 80 <laughs> pretty much, you know, but we got his back. We do. We are the tribe. We yes. are the Bowieka nation. All right, guys. So look, we're going to get into the show today because we got a lot to discuss today. We're not doing guest services. We're not doing uh, any uh, kind of Q news. What we're going to do is go straight to the hub because there was a topic going on for a while now that um, a lot of people have been discussing. We were hoping to avoid it, but darn it, it went and happened all over again. Well, that's action for you. Yes, at least twice it, it happened where this same topic just kept making news. So we're going to talk about it over in the hub. So enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic. All right, guys. So here we are on the hub. And today we're going to be talking about Give Elsa a Girlfriend. What? Yes, give Elsa a girlfriend. Uh, apparently, this thing started a while ago. We'd hoped to ignore it, uh, but it just keeps coming back, particularly lately now that uh, the voice of Elsa is that Adina Menzel. Lee? Akuna Matata. Yes. Adina Menzel has come out and supported the Give Elsa a Girlfriend campaign. And not stopping there, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance have also going ahead and kicked off a new campaign to make Captain America gay. So this whole thing has just been going and going, and we've been trying to ignore it because we here at the Magic Our Way podcast, we like to have fun. We don't want to offer social opinions. We just want to talk Disney and have fun. But this thing has kind of taken on a life of its own, and now we kind of feel compelled to talk about it a little bit, particularly as artists ourselves, creators, you know, people yes. have gotten involved in creative projects, and I think we have a voice to add to the conversation, and that's what I want to talk about today, is our perspective on hashtag give Elsa girlfriend, hashtag give Captain America What you talking about? I'm talking about Twitter, man, and how these movements always seem to get started on Twitter, where really complicated issues are oftentimes tackled by people who can pretty much sum up what they have to say on a topic in 140 characters. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. I can't, like, you know, 140 characters. How can you sum up everything there is to say about this particular topic in 140 characters. Make Elsa kiss a chick. That's about <laughs> all I could think of in under 140 characters. Absolutely. That's crazy, though. Yeah, and but this is where we're at right now, folks. And so I think here on the Magic Our Way podcast, we like to pride ourselves uh, on being creative ourselves. Eli, you do comic books. I've done yeah. cartooning. Uh, Kevin does music. We've all created original material and we've put it out in the world. And when I first heard about this issue, it ticked me off to no end. And not because, and and guys, if you're looking to hear our stance on whether or not Disney should have a gay princess or not. It's not our call. I have, well, it's not, but I mean, I have no problem with a gay Disney princess. I'm sure, Lee, you? I would not have an issue with it. You wouldn't? Uh, Eli, you would not have? I mean, not at all. I trust Disney to handle very sensitive things issues very uh delicately and and well i mean shoot i learned about death from disney i saw baby yeah man that was messed did you not cry 
when Bambi just, you know, looked at the mama like, mama. He's <laughs> like, your mama is no more, Bambi. And like, damn. So, why you got to shoot Bambi's mama? Tragic. Tragic. It is. I'm sorry. I just, I got caught up in that moment. So, I trust Disney to be able to handle a matter like this if they chose to go this route. Having said that, I have no opinion to say that they should go this route. That's not where we're coming from here. Let Disney do what Disney's going to do. If they're ready to go ahead and offer this kind of thing up, that's that's up to them. I want to talk about this whole idea that people seem to have that it's okay to take the creative direction of a character and say, you know what? I know what's best for that character. I mean, forget about gay rights. Forget about the religious right. Forget about all that stuff. Let's talk about creator's rights because that's what I'm interested in. People respecting another person's intellectual property. Now, I think in that case, the Elsa having a partner deal has nothing to do with the sequel of the movie that she's in. Well, well, we don't know because that story hasn't come around yet. I think that's the point is that that story has yet to be determined what is going to be the story. So, hey, since you haven't told us what the story is about, why don't we make it this story? So that fits. I, I, I think it's a weird situation where you can almost understand the Elsa side, but then you got the Captain. Like, where? why Captain America? Why? What makes in, in what world do you think Captain America is gay? I, I think the only. You know, like, like, I understand like why you might think Elsa you know, she's strong-willed, she doesn't have a man, she does her own thing, and this would be a good fit. You can't say anything about that for Captain America. So, back to the original topic, you're really force-feeding someone to go against the original intent of the character. And that's uh, what I'm talking about with creators' rights, yes. Right. So, you know, they created this character to be Mr. All-American, clean-cut, Mr. Do-Good, and maybe that's why there's some kind of hidden agenda to make him because why can't someone who's super clean and super America be gay? You know, maybe that's the point, but at the same time, it's like, dude, that's not the, there's no reason to put captain America in that position. You're totally going against everything that he's already built up. Elsa. Maybe so. I think it's Chris Evans. That's just B. You see now. And look, if you believe that and Eli, like, I think y'all are both wrong from the standpoint that there's a very easy way of saying this, and that's that people who don't know the comic books and don't really appreciate the history of the character are looking at it like, boy, he really likes that Bucky guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then from there, they're extrapolating, okay, maybe there's a little bit more to it than just we're best buddies. And that's where I think this is coming from. I don't think it has anything to do with Chris Evans. I don't think it has anything to do with um, the, the Captain America in and of himself. I, I, I don't think it's like he's the symbol of America and the symbol of America should be gay. I think it has to do with the fact that this dude really likes that Bucky guy. Yeah, but Bucky. Okay. Bucky went with him in the war. He fought with him. It's not a matter of saying, hey, you know, I, I love you. He went to war with the dude. You bond, and then, you know what I'm saying, you go from there. It doesn't have anything to do with the orientation of your sexuality. Well, you're preaching to the choir there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. All right. Well, 
the first thing is that whoever created the character should dictate what happens to the character. Yes. That's the that's the first and main thing. If you love the character that's been created, then appreciate what happens to that character. Absolutely. And I, I'm just talking as the comic book resident agent of Magic Our Way. That's mm-hmm. that's the only way I'm coming from this with, you know, like Captain America need a boyfriend. Captain America got enough problems. Hey, <laughs> for those of y'all that don't know, Captain America is a double agent. You know what I'm saying? He's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And now as Marvel and time is put out, he's working for Hydra, who is a team of people that he has fought against for years. It's almost like hearing Duke from G.I. Joe working for Cobra. Well, you know, it bothers me when um, people go ahead and infringe upon a creator's rights by saying the character should do A, X, Y, and Z. That That's for sure. But um, the best indication of whether or not a creator should have the ultimate say-so in what a character does should probably not end with turning Captain America into a Hydra agent. I mean, that pretty much shows... <laughs> the absolute worst of what comic book creators do. This is kind of akin to killing Superman or breaking Batman's back or those kind of things. And, you know, and this has kind of got a lot of publicity on its own. The whole idea of Captain America as a double agent. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about how disappointed they are in that. And it's just like, I've, I've seen the outrage and it's kind of like, guys, slow down. Have you not paid attention to... Con- yes, they do this kind of stuff all the time to get people interested in a storyline. They've killed Superman. They've broken Batman's back. They had Green Lantern kill millions of people. Absolutely. And they, all of these decisions are reversible. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when you're a creative talent, uh, you can always go ahead and figure out a way for these actions to go ahead and make sense. So I don't want to get too caught up in the whole Hydra thing. Yes, it's not the best time to go ahead and say, let the creators control the characters because they know what they're doing. But at the same time, trust me, this isn't the direction they're going. Captain America is not going to be an agent of Hydra for the the length of this character's stay in the Marvel Universe. He will. This will have a resolution at yeah. some point in time that works back to Steve Rogers being the Steve Rogers be that Captain you love. Captain Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have people that are like, hey, I want this character to be this way and I want this character to be that way, it's the creator's character. Okay, in this particular case of Captain America, that is a job that was given to Nick Spencer, who is an independent comic book artist. He he, he did work for uh, Image Comics. He did a comic called Morning Glories. He did like 50 issues of that. So the guy obviously knows what he's doing. But you want to know something else? It's funny. It's, it's kind of weird. This dude got 9,000 tweets about his decision to write this Captain America comic book, and they were all bad. <laughs> they were all bad. But, they were, like, threatening to kill the dude. It's yeah, like, I heard he got dead. But there, was, there yeah. was no campaign, hashtag Captain America Hydra. No. You know, that it, was something that the creator or the artist decided to take 
the story in one direction. It wasn't because of public opinion or because of a, a hashtag campaign that they decided to make him part of Hydra. Well, they did what comic book creators do do from time to time, and that's to to pop the uh, to pop the public sales of of a particular book. They will go ahead and orchestrate a um, a major a traumatic, stunt. yeah, a major event that occurs that no one would ever think that they would see. And they put that together just to make people come to see what it is that, that's happening with Cap next. That doesn't bother me so much. You know, I, I've seen it so many times before, as we discussed earlier. It doesn't bother me that comic book creators will do that from time to time, as long as they protect the integrity of the character, yeah. which I do think that they have a history of doing. They will do cheap gimmicks from here to there to go ahead and sell a few books. But as long as they're protecting the integrity of who that character is, that's what I care about. What, what bothers me more is, is people who have an ax to grind on different social issues that they believe they should be able to dictate core elements of who a character is. That's the stuff that bothers me because You've created Character Z. I know I have. We, we've put together our own original material before and put it out for public consumption Absolutely. and judgment. And so much thought and love goes into the creation of any and every character that you put forth. I mean, you ever watch the deleted scenes of any Pixar movie where they show the five different versions of Buzz Lightyear <laughs> before they finally, <laughs> after months and months and years, that they finally settled upon the one Buzz Lightyear that you yes. finally see on film? Creative people spend thousands of hours agonizing, going through this trial and error process of figuring out the the look, the beliefs, the motivations, the, the personality of the characters that they're creating and molding them into being something that might resonate with people. And when you have that one character that comes off, or you have that two or three characters that go ahead and resonate with millions of people, after all that time and hard work, the last thing that you want to have is a, a group of people with a personal agenda telling you who your character ought to be. Especially if you've already established who that character is. Exactly. So why not just trust the people who created these characters to begin with? They had a hand in making something you love. Surely you can trust them enough to go ahead and give them a second movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the best thing to do is to support that character as they go through, you know, whether it's a, a comic book, a movie, a cartoon or whatever. It's like, hey, I like that character for who they are. Exactly. And just support that character. And that's and that's really all it comes down to. We are in a world where people are able to create something that identifies with everybody. And when you latch on to someone like that, you don't want to let that person go. You just don't because they represent something that you are or you want to be or you could be well and what ends up happening is is that you have all these activists that come along they they campaign to get what their personal agenda is right passed and and if they're able to go ahead and accomplish what they're looking to do 
Well, then they're satisfied, and because they got what they wanted, and and they move on to their next target. So they go away. Meanwhile, the true fans of the character are left to deal with the ramifications, and they're reading this book, and they're like, this isn't the guy that I grew up with. Exactly. I mean, because for children, I mean, these characters are real. Yeah, because you have to identify with them. Exactly. There's absolute, look, trust me, I'll I'll cut this really quick. Mm -hmm. There was a point where, like, I would be at a job and I'd be mad, and I could actually see myself popping out claws if I could make them <laughs> and being like, "That's a character I gotta let that go because I'm at a job and I don't have adamantium claws." Because if I did, wow, I wouldn't be talking to you today. And how would you feel if Peter came along and said, "You know what, Wolverine, no more eating meat." <laughs> that's a bad image for him we want to teach the children that they need to go ahead and respect animal life wolverine can't eat meat anymore i mean forget about you know the direction they're trying to take a uh, cap and, and 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 elsa in because again i don't think any of us have a problem no. with you know if disney wanted to create a character along that 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 lines and said okay this is something we're putting out there to be judged then i think everyone would be fine with that it's the idea that they're being told to sell out the integrity of the character to appease social activists that I have a problem with. Because, like again, once they go away, who's watching your movie? Who's reading your book? As a creator, the moment you start following what other people think your project should be, you're done. People should care about the interests of the character. You can engage other people in saying, okay, I'm, I'm a little lost. I, I've created this person. I think they would do this. You can engage them as long as they're concerned about the interests of the character, not just what they want to see about themselves represented on screen or, or in comic books or what have you. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing, right? As fellow comic book artists, and, uh, you know, comic book guru, Magic Highway. Let me tell you something. I have a personal story to share, all right? You know about Project Geisha. I had somebody that showed the book to a long time ago, and they read it, and they liked it. But then they told me, hey, look, why don't you have a character that's of a different ethnicity than You mean Geisha the main character. character? The main character, yes. And I was like, hey, look. That's because I made the character how I want to make the character. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan of Projugation, and you should be, you, you you just can't go ahead and say, hey, look, you're the creator. I get it. You made it. There's other worlds and other things in storylines that you're doing that I'm not aware of yet, but you should just change this for this. No, you don't know what the creator is doing. Just let them guide you through the storyline. I agree with that, and and that's the that's the thing of it is that other people read your stuff, and they start to try and say, how can that be more like me? Yeah, and that's where I have a problem with it because again, as as a creator, you're done when you start saying, I'm going to make this to appeal to this demographic. You make it to appeal. It, it almost has to be a little vague, so that it appeals to more people. It doesn't have to be one specific. Uh, person or group because everyone brings their own personal agenda into it anyway. Like when you watch a movie, you relate it to your own life. Absolutely. So if someone's telling you, well, this is about 
about someone who's this, well, then now all of a sudden it doesn't relate to my life anymore. Lee's right. Disney movies have always featured um, characters who were, in a sense, outcasts. That's always been a, a recurring theme in a Disney movie, is that characters like Merida, Elsa, Belle, Ariel, uh, Aladdin, yeah, Quasimodo. Yeah. That's another uh, good one to point to. They were all characters who were trying to find themselves to some extent. You know, Ariel, uh, her head was in the clouds. Her sisters were out performing and mm-hmm. doing her thing. She just wanted to be human. Belle was a bookworm. She did her... Disney has always featured that kind of thing. And as, as Lee was saying, because they kept it so vague, any child who was watching that could put themselves into that character. So whatever they were experiencing inside, whether or not they had a different family, whether or not they had a different upbringing, whether or not they had whatever the circumstances were that led to them feeling different, they could put themselves in the character because Disney kept it so vague. You know, take Tiana, for ex- instance. I mean... The fact that she's the first African-American princess that right. Disney ever put on screen is like the least interesting aspect of her personality when you get to watching Princess and the Frog. Yeah, yeah it has nothing to do with what the character does. Absolutely. absolutely. If you were to go ahead and say, well, let's make a movie about the problems of a typical African-American teen during that particular time period in the south and let's do that well you're going to start to limit the people who can identify with those particular yeah problems. because it wouldn't be tiana it'd be thelma on good time <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right so i mean her problems have to be something that any child can go ahead and put themselves into those shoes and say yeah i could be in that situation i could be surrounded with those problems and that's the thing, and that's what kind of bugs me about this this movement here is, is the whole idea of we want the character to be defined not by what's happening to them. Yeah. We want them to be defined by the traits that make them who they are. I feel that. I mean, it, it would be the thing of saying, hey, look, if we could have a character that has, like, the ice power, that would be cooler as a you know cuz that's something that the character could use in any other story in the future and beyond cuz that's actually an advancement of the character as opposed to you know who they are who or what they look like because that actually has nothing to do with the situation that they're in absolutely and it it goes back to the point that you can't let outside forces dictate what your character is going to be about because you want to appeal to as many people and tell as broad of a story as you can tell. And that's what worries me about these kind of instances. And I I know Disney's not going to go ahead and just give people what they want because they have a a broader um, vision. Yes, they have a they have a broader outlook to to consider, which is the fact that children of all ages watch these movies. It's not just older children that can appreciate the idea of incorporating the human sexuality element of these characters into these characters. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of scares me about this a little bit is that this kind of reeks a, a little bit of, of more of a, a sexually minded adult watching these movies 
looking at these movies and putting themselves there and saying, yeah, but you didn't quite address this. I need this address. Like, you've never seen a love scene in a Disney movie. You're just not going to see that. There's no point where they cut to black and the silhouette and they undress. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, the most you can really do in that kind of genre is to have the characters kiss. Yes. That's really the most you can do with that. It. They're all, you're right. That's the ultimate form of I like you is that they have a closed lip kiss. Yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very special moment. Exactly. You know? And you can't you can't do anything past that. I mean And children understand it. They understand it to mean that they like one another mm-hmm. without understanding, hey, something's gonna happen right after this kiss. Yeah. That I'm I'm too young to understand, but it's going to take place, and I understand it because they're getting a little frisky. That's where you make the frame all black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's where you make it all black, and hopefully you don't put no 70s music behind it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what is so scary about this. I mean, people know that the Disney films are meant to appeal to children of all ages. Yeah, it's to inspire children. And, exactly. I mean, look, hey, adults out there, hey, Glad you like the cartoon, but it's still a freaking cartoon. <laughs> there's yeah, a re- not real. Absolutely. Right. There's a reason that there are toys. There's a, there's a reason there's a breakfast cereal. There's a reason that these things are happening. So, yes, happy you like it. But the fact that sexually minded out, adults out there seem to want to have children to have a, a, an adult appreciation of human sexuality ah. that's what's disturbing to me i mean they they want children to appreciate that before children are even old enough to realize that there's not really a monster under their bed they want them to understand the difference between mommies and daddies and mommies and mommies and all that and yeah. that's the problem is that it's not Disney's role to educate children on that. You kinda, Absolutely not. You're you kind of right. educate yeah. on a, yeah, you educate on a need to know. But like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a family and you had a death in the family early on, you might approach the subject of death with your children earlier than what most would. You know, if you're a family that have, you know, two mommies, you're going to approach the, the, the subject of, you know. But there's characters for that. There's characters for everybody. Well, I don't know if there's necessarily a lesbian couple uh, yeah. <laughs> within the Disney universe. It there, Disney there is universe, not, yeah. and I think, and, and that again, that lid that lends validity to what they're, the the critics of Disney would say, which is that, hey, you're not representing all viewpoints. You're not showing that particular type of family. And I think what I'm saying here, and and y'all are free to chime in, is that mm-hmm. it's not Disney's responsibility to represent all viewpoints. You're right. right. They, they're going to appeal to the largest audience, the broadest audience of all ages that they can without getting too far into specifics. Once you need to split it, once you narrow it down, that, you, yeah. you, you, you try well, to eliminate the broad audience. Exactly. Is, is it Disney's job to tackle this subject i don't know that it is it is uh, it's not the responsibility to tackle this subject even in the fact that there is death in their movies they're not taking it on as their job to teach kids about death it's just something to drive the story and maybe the lesson is about uh, f- uh forgiveness or the lesson is about mm-hmm. um family or the lesson is about, you know, who's got your back, whatever. It's not, but it's not Disney's job to teach your kids about death either. I don't so know, because I saw know, Bambi's mama die, and, like, <laughs> I was, I cried. 
I, no, I did too. I'm like, but, wake up, baby's mama. Come on. Put some but smelling I don't think salt it was their that. intent. I don't think it was Disney's intent that said, well, we need a movie that's going to teach kids about death. Yes, you know, it, it drove the story forward. Well, but, they don't right. go the extra step to say, okay, Bambi's mom died. And then she went to heaven. And then she was embraced by like by all angels exactly. of like deers. Yeah. They don't get into the specifics of, okay, this is death and this is what we believe happens after death. And I think that's what people are looking for here is for Disney to throw some skin in the game. Yeah. They want Disney to go ahead and say, Yes, and we want to go ahead and present that. And that's fine if Disney wants to do it, but let Disney decide that Disney wants to do it. My problem is these people are saying, no, Disney, you have a responsibility to do it, and we're going to harass you until you do it. But, you know, the thing is, is that there are many genres that can placate to every person's deeds creatively, like as far as a, like a fan is concerned. You know what I mean? Like if... If he's like, hey, look, I don't have a character that represents me in, in any aspect. I, I tell you what, I found at least like over 50 characters that, you know, in the comic book universe. That you can say, hey, look, I can get behind that person. You know, that's that's what it's about. If you are somebody that's like, hey, look, I don't feel like a creator is doing me right. You have some creator out there that's thinking the same way that you do. There is no original thought that's out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Right. But the only thing is, is that has it been exposed to you? And if it has been, support that. If it hasn't been, find that. Well, you know, here's what I would say to that. I don't, I know for a fact, especially with my child, I know that children have a tendency because I see it with Lily all the time. It, they watch a show and the first thing they do is they find a character that is them. Absolutely. They, they always find that one character and generally the younger children, they, they gravitate more towards the prettiest characters and like that's me. Yeah, but when they get older, they want to be a Kardashian. So just turn the show <laughs> off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Though, it's like as you get older, those characters become more and more complex, mm -hmm. and you find more and more like I know me. Like when growing up, watching Star Wars, I'm Han Solo. He's cool and he's engaged, but he's not going to just help for no reason. He's more worried about it. like you become I was more. Luke. You, I see. I was never Luke. I was never a Luke. No, guy. I was. I was Luke. Oh, that's good. I, I was. I was more Han. I, I was always a Han guy. Didn't like Luke. If that's not, why yeah. you fly in the ship. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was an Ewok, but that's a different story. <laughs> you were an Ewok. You waited like two movies later, and then you show up to be a teddy bear. Now that's an alternative lifestyle, right I'm there. Saying, <laughs> you better off being an Adam Walker or something <laughs> like that. Like, all right, go ahead. Sorry. No, that, that's what I'm saying is that people have a, a tendency to, to identify, and that's the thing, and I think that's what Disney goes for. It's like we want children of the age of four and children of the age of eight to be able to identify with one of our characters. Anything beyond eight where you get into complex human emotions and feelings, like you're not going to find a Disney character uh, like a – Disney princess that is clinically depressed, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, that's something that I think a lot of children deal with as well. You're not going to see that. What you'll see is different aspects 
of a personality that leads to somebody that believes that I'm not right. There's something wrong with me. There's something I'm not fitting in. You'll see that 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 theme is definitely recurring in the in the Disney universe. And that's yeah. the kind of things that they tackle. And that's how Disney helps. You want something that goes a little bit broader above that and beyond that. Then that's when you have to start graduating from Disney. That's when you start looking into more complex stories. That's when you start looking into people who tell stories from certain points of views. And and then that's my problem with this particular um, movement is that they seem to be targeting Disney because Disney targets young children. Like you won't, well, you won't see this out of like people saying, "Man, you know that Eminem needs to make a song about embracing sexu- your, your homosexuality." You don't see that. You don't see people criticizing the Foo Fighters for not making a song about, you know, uh, they were just glad that they made a group past Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, no, but I good group. I mean, that's what <laughs> yeah, I'm awesome group. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that this kind of criticism only be seems to be heaped upon movies and cartoon characters maybe it's because they think cartoons and comic books aren't real like that's not real art like music is real no one gets on bob dylan for not writing the quintessential song about you know struggling with economic diversity and racist uh america in the 1960s yeah fighting the man exactly that's all his songs <laughs> he does what he does but no one's like well you didn't quite address this issue bob well i mean on that point people always come down on mcdonald's about fast food issues because they are the representation of fast food Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not necessarily that McDonald's is the worst offender, but when you think of fast food, you think of McDonald's. Right. When you think of children's movies or when you think of children in general, you think Disney. Mm -hmm. So I get where they want Disney to lead the charge, but that goes back to, again, the original conversation we just had of, is it really Disney's responsibility? And it's not. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. you are an adult that loves Disney and wishes that Disney would represent this viewpoint. The problem is the reason why you love Disney is because it doesn't represent that narrow viewpoint. It, re- <laughs> it appeals to everyone. So Thank you're you. asking Disney to do something that is against why you like it. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing where Dr. Frederick Wortham mm-hmm. who made seduction of the innocent, which was uh, something that basically shut down the comic book movement for a few years back in the day. The Comics Code. The Comics Code. It led to the Comics Code, which was basically like total censorship. Mm-hmm. And you you figure like this. That's way back in the day. This is now. This is 2016. Maybe people are trying to catch up, right? Well, it's like a difference in philosophy. It's like back then it was like, we're, we're going to censor these things because they might be harmful to your children. Nowadays, right. the new form of it is your children are fine. They can handle it. I don't care how old they're four or five, six. That's that's early enough. That's the funny thing is that you have uh, you have this guy who goes and says, if you watch a movie, if you read a comic book, if you do this and do that, you're going to be this way because this person sees this character or that character. Right. Right. But what they don't think of, and that's what the creator comes in at, is that, no, there's real life. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, when I was a kid, 
let me tell you something. I didn't know how to fight. Okay, <laughs> I had no clue how to fight. This is a weird story, but and I'm gonna keep it short. I didn't know how to fight until I had some neighbors that moved across the street. You know who taught me how to fight? Who? A girl. A girl <laughs> taught me how to fight. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like if I and I and she had brothers that, you know, one he showed me how to do electronics. He, there was another brother that showed me how to go under houses and be mischievous. Mm-hmm. But the point is is that I was not exposed to a comic book. I was not exposed to a Disney movie. You know, mm-hmm. it it was real life. Real life happens first. Mm-hmm. Okay? It happens first. And however that inspires the creator is how they say, hey, look, you know what's cool? This pumped me up so much that I'm going to make the effort to turn this idea into reality. Mm-hmm. And that's all you really need to respect about it, in my opinion. Well, you know, again, glad you liked the cartoon, but it wasn't meant primarily for you. It just right. wasn't. I mean, plus, I mean, you've got millions. Of, like, let's say Disney was to go ahead and say, we want to do this. And if they were to go ahead and do it, as long as they advertise in advance that, hey, this is what we want to do. And parents, before you take the kids here, this is what you know you're getting into. If they do that, I am fine with it. What I also don't like about this is the idea of it's like the bait and switch. Now the the kids are hooked because you've got millions of parents who bought their kids Elsa dolls, Captain America costumes, shields, all that kind of stuff. These kids are invested in these characters that they're real to them. Can you imagine the backlash that Disney would have to deal with if they went ahead and said, you know what? Yeah, we exposed you to that. And oh, by the way, now they're gay. Yeah, we're sorry. Of all these millions of, of parents, let's say just a quarter of them were enough to go ahead and say, yeah, Disney, either A, we don't believe in that kind of thing, or B, we're not ready to expose our child to that kind More, of thing. I, I would take B. I, would, I think that's going to be the best. Even if a quarter of people, you know the kind of backlash that would be, Disney would never expose them to that. People think nowadays it's not the parents' ability to decide, it's society's uh, you know, society should decide. We as a collective have decided that it's time for your child to go ahead and be exposed to these things this early on. And that's what I'm saying. It's not society's right to go ahead and say that. And it's certainly not Disney's. Yeah, but for the most part, most parents are like, look, I work a job. I'm tired. <laughs> Entertain my kid. That's exactly right. Yeah. You notice that they cut that movie off right when... They get a puberty button, right? Yeah, we're not responsible for that. And you, you can't blame because, look, trust me, as a guy that's a dad that has a teenager, teenagers are very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you know, my kid was going on a trip until two days ago. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, you know, going back to what I was saying before about, you know, like it just seems to be coming from people who either are not parents at all. They don't have any children. Uh, yeah. Or. <laughs> it, yeah. It's always the people that don't have kids that know the best way to raise kids. Exactly. I mean, because you don't understand, dude, like even even people that have different age kids like you don't understand what it's like. You're you're trying to raise a two year old right now. I'm trying to raise a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. We're going to have two totally different conversations. <laughs> but, you know, 
your point is is so valid that people number one a lot of times just need to mind your own business Mm -hmm. okay uh second of all to understand that certain everyone is going through their own struggles and their own lives and things like that and you trying to promote whatever you think does not necessarily mean that that's what needs to happen you know, everyone's got their own agendas. We cannot fit our own, all of our own individual agendas into Disney's universe. <laughs> and if you're going to do it, someone else is going to want to do it for their viewpoint, and someone else is going to do it for their viewpoint. So who's to say who's right and who's to say who's wrong? Back to the original process. Let Disney do Disney. You do you. You be the parent. Let Disney be the entertainment company. You know, you could really mess up a child's world by introducing them to a concept that they're not quite ready to handle at too young of an age. Like, no, you're absolutely right. I appreciate the fact that you think your six-year-old can handle X, Y, and Z. That doesn't mean every six-year-old can handle X, Y, and Z. Sometimes you're not ready for that until you're eight. In other words, there's no how-to manual in terms of when it is appropriate time to go ahead and introduce your child to this and that and the other. You do it as it comes about. And you can really mess up a child by introducing them a concept that they're not quite they're not quite ready to digest. There's a weird disconnect between parent, child, and then fiction. Uh, like, uh, let's put it like this. You know, you have... If not Disney, you have Marvel, which is owned by Disney. You have that safe to say. Like, in other words, there's something for everyone. Yes. That's the, that's the overall thought. Creators' rights, creators have thought of everything that you as a fan have already thought of. If you thought of saying, hey, look, I would like to see uh, a female character be with another female character. There's Batwoman. There's Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go ahead and say, hey, look, I want to see a character that's of a different diversity, this Mr. Terrific. It does, bo- it does bother me to a, an extent that, you know, Batwoman, that's not good enough. It, it bothers me that people always seem to want to go after the stuff that's successful. Like, why not, like, say, hey, you know what, Disney, we want to see y'all fix some stuff that didn't work. Like, Home on the Range, we want to see, like, a... <laughs> Even cowgirls get the blues representation. Like, if you're going to attack something, go after something that Disney That's, did that didn't work. So you want to see, they want to see Broke Back Home on the Range? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it would look, I mean, like, real talk. I mean, look, if you want to talk about characters that are already of a certain orientation, mm-hmm. that are already established on screen, let me help <laughs> you with that. You've seen... X-Men movies, right? Mm-hmm. Iceman. Yes. He, he's, he's come out. Yes. Okay. Colossus. Even though, even though in the movie he went after Rogue, but okay. Yeah, but he was confused. Okay. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, Colossus. Easily, easily explained. A, absolutely. Colossus, who has been in two movies by X-Men, you know, he has come out as well. Okay. In other words, I can keep going. I looked this up. There's at least... 63 examples. So they are characters that are established. And maybe the key is, is saying, hey, 
if we already have characters that are established, let's support them and see if we can take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the problem is that Frozen is the number one movie Disney has right now. Mm-hmm. Thus, you have to attach to Frozen. There's nothing in Captain America that says anything that he may be homosexual. Right. But because it's the number one movie, then you have to attach to that. No one is calling for hashtag Green Lantern uh, gets a boyfriend. <laughs> no one's calling for hashtag Pocahontas get a girlfriend because those movies are not popular right now. Right. These are the two most popular animated and live action movies, franchises, what have you. Thus, that's where the, that's where the movement comes from. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You could have easily gone ahead and given um, you know, DC, Marvel credit for the many characters they have that have come out because, frankly, the character that they went ahead and, and introduced before wasn't that well established. And you're like, well, this will give this character a little bit more of a personality. This will help round that character out, make him a little bit more identifiable to different people. And, and the comic book companies have gone about the business of trying to go ahead and do that. But there again, you see kind of like what you were saying, Lee, it's just not good enough. It's got to be a high profile thing. It's got to be a get. Batwoman isn't a get. Colossus isn't a get. You need somebody. Captain America is a get. Elsa is a get. Yeah. Yeah. Disney, let's face it, Disney is a get. Yeah, I mean, like when they introduced the character North Star, who was actually originally made to be homosexual mm-hmm. and then you know he actually had the, the character i'm not saying he but like the character had to go do some actual political backlash to get to the point to where that character could come into the forefront that was big news for like a good couple of months mm-hmm. i mean like it's been a while and i know we old but that was big news back then you know the green lantern being gay that was big news back then. But you know what's the key point is that, yeah, that's what their orientation is. But that has nothing to do with, like, saving the planet. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with, you know, stopping Thanos from, like, crushing the Earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's the, secondary that, to their nature. It's secondary to their nature. And that's the thing. As a creator, I work with something that I know. Yeah. That's how most creators work. If you attach to that character, awesome. Support that character. I know I've said it like 20 times, mm-hmm. but I'll say it again. Support that character. You know what I'm saying? If you say, hey, look, this character does not identify with me on any level, mm-hmm. you can find somebody out there right now that has a character that fits your needs, that wants to get to the next level. You know, if Disney doesn't do it, we've already established why they can't do it, okay? It's because they appeal to a broader audience. The problem here is you're dealing with this mindset that you have to instantly get the message out there. Like, the only way that this is going to resonate with people is if it organically catches on. Right. You can't just smash it over. Like, you, you, you're going to do better off if it organically comes to fruition through a lesser-known character who becomes somebody and they're this to boot. And, and that's what you see with these people trying to go ahead and make these higher-level combo characters or cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. You try to make them embody what it is that you want them to represent because you want your agenda to get over. It's not going to work like that. You, you would see that like... T- 
time and time again in the Justice League. They would try and go ahead and get a character over by saying, Aztec, you're now a member of the Justice League. There's right. Flash, there's Batman, there's Superman, there's Wonder Woman, and there's Aztec, and it never works. Right. Or, hey, Azrael, Batman is got a broken back. You're going to grab the cowl, and now you're going to be Batman, and you're going to get over with And again, it doesn't work. Every single time you try and force people to like something by attaching it to something that they already have a predilection to, people are not that dumb. They sense it out quickly, and they rejected instinctually because it didn't happen organically you're trying to force them to like it you're force feeding it to them you're absolutely right i mean listen i'll I'll throw out i'll throw out some examples Mm -hmm. you have your choice catwoman catwoman a new uh dc you know 52 that got like the rebirth so kyle Mm -hmm. he's a lesbian didn't know that yeah. This is recent then. I'm just saying. How is this not getting publicity? Catwoman's pretty mainstream. How See, is that not getting publicity? Look, dude, I researched it and yeah, bam, there's a panel. She's kissing a chick. You got John Constantine, who had his own TV show on NBC. Mm-hmm. He's bi. Okay. So, in other words, if you want to go ahead and say, hey, look, why am I not represented? You are represented. Mm-hmm. And that's for anything, whether it's race, Sexual orientation, you know, whatever. Everything in this genre of comics is represented because art is a very progressive state. It follows what's going on in the world and it translates it. That's what art is. That's what art does. One of the th- characters in uh, Frozen, uh, Wander Noken, when, they, when he says, hey, that's my family in the sauna, woohoo, and they look, those are men. Okay. And no one's really <laughs> pointed that out to say, hey, listen. Um, what? Yes. Yeah, I what? did not even. What's happening? I didn't catch that. I thought it was. No. Okay, I have to, I have to look at that again. Well, you just caught it today. Go look at it again. I'm telling you, you're going to find the same thing. Is that wandering Oaken's family? That's all men. Now, does that mean he's gay? Does that mean that just the guys decided to hit the sauna that day? Who knows? <laughs> the point being is that you see little elements of that there where again that's the, that's going to be the best that you're going to get out of disney like recently you just saw the story about is there a lesbian couple in the trailer for finding dory maybe there is maybe there isn't we don't know kind of looks like a dude but kind of looks like a girl who knows exactly that's what you're going to get out of disney hey, you ever rode spaceship earth yeah. whoever you're riding with if i'm riding with eli eli and i are married in the future <laughs> There's no question about it. Like last time I wrote, I wrote with Kevin. Yeah. Kevin and I had a nice little space house in the future where we just attended to each other's needs, I suppose. No one's protesting that. No They'd one's be like beautiful babies, though. Yeah, They'd well, be beautiful babies. <laughs> great podcasters, I'm sure. But uh <laughs> there again, you see elements of that portrayed, and that's what I'm talking about here. Is that little by little, I mean, people don't want to give Disney credit because you're not looking at the definitive evidence of them in the end zone, spiking the ball, scoring the touchdown. It's like anything short of that, it's not going to be acceptable. And it's like, no, you've seen them doing what little they can yeah. do considering the um, responsibility they have towards not just your kids, not just my kids, all kids. Everybody. Everybody. Hey, look, break out your net because you just caught that. <laughs> so... I think that I think we've said it all. Is there anything else to say? I think we've covered it from every aspect that we could possibly cover it from creatively, um, 
you know, just organically. I think we've said everything there's to say about this. So uh, I'm I'm ready to wrap this up, guys. Any any final thoughts? Is there anything that y'all haven't said, or y'all are y'all spoken out on the topic sufficiently? I have, and I would just ask, uh, you know, if anyone wants to join the conversation, I did post a link uh, to this story on our Facebook page, and a couple of Mohicans have posted on there as well. Um, oh, but wow. join the conversation there as well. Oh, uh, wait, let wait, us wait. know what you think. Oh, wait, so Mohicans have chimed in. Uh, wait, I want to see that. Um, hold up. Wait, All right. let's see that. Then, yeah, well, we've got a whole thing, dude. I mean, we could go another hour if we want to. <laughs> uh, we won't go yeah. another hour. But. Oh, all right, Lisa Monday just about nailed it. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, she's got. She's probably got the the best. Why uh, do we have to sexualize Disney animated movies anyway? Let's just go back to killing off all the parents. That's much easier to explain. I love that. That's a great line. Because there's too many characters that already have that origin. Sherry Dobbs Reed. Yeah. It's stupid. This is a children's movie. No need for social commentary or indoctrination. As a great lady once said, let it go. Nice. It go. Very well done. Wow. Vishon Wu, I want to hear what Grandpa Eli has to say about this one. Let he should be the ruler of the kingdom to rat to rat. The rat, the rat. Let me tell you, I was too old to even see any of these movies. I was asleep. To rat to rat. And Harry Bernstein, let it go, let it go. Not bad, guys. Very well done. I like those thoughts there. Uh, that just adds to the conversation. I mean, really, I mean, I don't know that anyone really kind of uh, deviated from what we had to say in the subject. So uh, yeah. glad to see that. Well, uh, I will say this, too. Also, Miss Mononymous posted on my page. Stop changing Captain America. The poor man just learned he's from Hydra, for God's sakes. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. That guy's got enough problems going on right now. And props to Nick Spencer, who's the writer of this new Captain America. The dude's been trying to come up for a while. You know, he did some stuff for Image. It actually got him an exclusive contract for Marvel. For, from, so from a business perspective, good on you, Nick. You know, can I tell you something? I, I, I love that. I love what they're doing with the whole Hydra thing. I love that that's making news because can I tell you, anybody who's been around the block knows that this is going to have a happy ending. It always does. Yeah. There's no question about it that Captain America is not going to turn to be a member of Hydra. Read the story. Hopefully it all, inter- it, it, as long as the story intersects, it's like, oh, that makes sense that he would have done that. And of course, it makes m- even more sense when he switches back at the end or whatever the swerve is. Mm-hmm. At the very end, you're going to like it when you see it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a reversible decision, him being a member of Hydra. If you went ahead and made Captain America gay and you said, you know what? I woke up one day and I like women again. That's not going to work. That's a very, like, that's a hard decision to reverse. <laughs> no, him with the Hydra thing, that's very smart. And I'll say this really quick. That's a very cool decision to make. Even Stan Lee said that's a good idea. And storytelling wise, it allows you to open up the world of Captain America. You get to see more about S.H.I.E.L.D. You get to see more about Hydra. And then you get this actual underlayer of Captain America that's almost akin to Dexter mm-hmm. or uh, Breaking Bad. He's like, oh, look, this dude's bad, but he's doing something good. But I like him. But he's got a little dirt on the uniform. He's got a little dirt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he can defend himself. And at the end... His last name is America, people. <laughs> He's going to win and be on the good side. So, look, support the book. 
Enjoy the ride. And look, hey, if the guy, yeah. if he doesn't pay off the story, then threaten his life. Yeah. But <laughs> You've already <laughs> done it 9,000 times on a tweet. And that's not fair because the dude's just trying to eat. Give it a chance. I actually think, like, of all the gimmick stuff with the yeah. deaths. I mean, deaths are so cliche these days. They've already killed Captain America. He's come back from that. Absolutely. It, it, it really, it, I applaud them for going in an original direction. My only concern is, can you pay it off? And if they pay it off, bravo. Well, the smart thing is, is that it, it may not necessarily be a thing about paying it off as much as it is about opening new doors. Well, it's got to pay it off. At the end of it all, it's got to be a swerve, and he's really a good guy. He's a really a good guy, yes. but what I'm saying is is that it allows you to open up other doors to new books, oh, which absolutely. allows for new revenue, and that's smart on their part. Look, well, that's an added bonus, but the actual thing of it is, okay, you sullied his name. How do you get it back? Well... Technically, he's a double agent. So, like, yeah, even if you give him some dirt, I mean, you don't know what side he's going to play on. Like I said, it's like Duke saying, like, I know I'm on G.I. Joe, but Cobra, I'm with you today. So, again, if it helps the revenue of the comic book industry, I'm all on board for it. Well, that's all you can hope for because, man, as successful as these movies are, the comic books, man, they need our help as well. Yeah. Everyone forgets about them. They keep waiting every th- two to three years for a new movie. And, hey, support the comic book because Absolutely. new stories coming out all the time. If it wasn't for comic books, you wouldn't be watching on the big screen. Absolutely. So, guys, that's all we have to say on the matter. If you have any thoughts, post it on our Facebook page. Or better yet, email us at show at magicourway.com. guys that's it for another episode of the magic our way podcast i want to thank my two co-hosts for being here and helping us navigate through these murky waters of figuring out these wonderful characters who we've all grown to care about and what their direction should be creatively going forward thank y'all for taking the time to do this with us but they're not here for nothing folks they they have things to promote let's hear what they have to say eli what you got going on Hey, look, if you want to send me 9,000 tweets and that ends up into you buying the book that's called Project Geisha, I am more than willing to abide by that. Death threats, love threats, I'm all about any threats (laughs) at this point. You can go ahead and check out www.ivycomics.com. It has everything that's uh, all about me, uh, everything about Project Geisha has everything about actually the links to uh, this podcast. It's a fun site to go ahead and check out. It has a shop in it. has a blog in it. So you're more than willing to interact with me. And I'd be more than willing to go ahead and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> if you want to go ahead and check me out on Facebook, it's facebook.com, Eli H. Ivory. Find me there. Project Geisha, book I'm working on. Has his own Facebook site. You want to go ahead and find me on Instagram, eivory504. You want to go ahead and find me on Twitter. It's Hancock10166. Look forward to hearing from you. All right. And Lee, tell him about your fine services. All right, Moeekins. You know where to reach me. 
You can email me at lee at magicourway.com. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel. We also got a new phone number. You can reach me. Very easy to remember. 413-DIZ-TRIP. That's 413-D-I-Z-T-R-I-P. 413-349-8747. So get at me. We'll book it up, hook it up, get you guys going to Disney, Universal, maybe a little cruise. Whatever you guys want to do, we'll make it happen. Reach out to Lee, folks. I know I did, and I'll be going to Disney in less than what? 48 hours? Well, depends on when you hear this, but yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> might, you'll so be lucky. back by then, probably. Yeah, and think. I'll be miserable. But hey, <laughs> in the interim, I'm having a lot of fun. So guys, thank you once again for listening to our show. Real quick, I, I can't do all of what Kevin can do. Mad Hatter Radio, you can find a link for them on our website. You can go ahead and listen to them. They got great audio from the parks. Uh, you can go ahead and get your Disney fix in while you're at work. Just a little background noise. You don't have to listen to it, but you can just feel the Disneyness surrounding you even while you're pumping out those TPS reports. To rat to rat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead and give those guys a listen. For us personally, uh, you know, go to magicourway.com. There's merchandise on there that you can go ahead and buy t shirts, whatever you want. Kevin will make it. Not a problem there. Or you can just go ahead and do the easy thing, which is donate a, a couple of beignets our way, guys. Takes a lot of money to go ahead and do these kind of things, see these movies, host these websites. I mean, all those things cost money. So if you can donate a little bit of something our way, that would be great as well. Or, better yet, why not just talk about you? Why not go ahead and give us your thoughts on whatever we've covered or whatever you think we should cover? The email address is show at magicourway.com. So go ahead and send us an email and we will gladly read it on the air. So guys, once again, thank you for taking the time to listen and make us a part of your Disney fan experience. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, but hopefully we're just a little bit unique. So I'm Danny. I'm Eli. I'm Lee. Thank you once again, guys. Magic out.